It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on BallQuest. Good Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the BallQuest.com Mailbag Podcast, presented by Smoky Mountain Organics with Rob Lewis and Austin Price and Brent Hobbs. Uh, don't forget to check out Smoky Mountain Organics, one of their four locations to serve you, three in Sevier County, one in Knoxville. That one in Knoxville is on Kingston Pike right across from Trader Joe's. They've got one in Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, and Sevierville. And you can check them out online at SmokyMountainOrganics.com. It's the mailbag edition, which means, guys, we jump right into the questions. And there's uh, a variety today. We'll start with basketball, Rob Lewis. Tennessee played 11 guys against Vandy. When will the staff cut down the rotation, or will they play 11 guys into March? For you, Austin, if Isaiah Naylor um, or Nayer uh, ends up at Texas, would Tennessee push to get Brew McCoy or someone else in the portal enroll, enrolled before the drop ad deadline? Let's go with the hoops question first. Rob, where, where is Rick Barnes in this rotation, and is this rotation what it is at this point? I mean, I can't believe they're playing 11 guys now, personally, like that in January, and that's happening. Um, I mean, you saw, I, I think he's going to give Victor Bailey just because Victor Bailey works so hard. And, and the coaches respect him. He's going to give him a chance. And if he's got it, you know, in the first half, he'll play him. If not, you'll see him do it do like he did last night. Um, but, um, I mean, Rick said after the game last night, what he was looking for was separation between guys, guys really establishing the fact that they demand the bigger minutes. And um, right now, I mean, I don't, I don't think he sees that at several different positions. Yeah, it feels like in the post you play four guys and whoever the whoever the best couple of guys are, are going to get the core of your minutes in the second half if they're not in foul trouble um, based on the fact that nobody is separating there. At the receiver front, Austin, uh, with Isaiah, we're not going to know anything until classes start and he just shows up at Tennessee, I'm assuming. Uh, where are they with McCoy? What do you think they do at receiver if Isaiah ends up not coming to Tennessee and ends up going to Texas where he's visited late here? Yeah, I mean, I think we'll know something by Friday or Saturday on Isaiah. He'll either be in town or he won't. I mean, he's not coming up here to go back to Texas. I mean, if he's coming up here, he's coming up here to go to school. So, um, I think we'll know something Friday or Saturday. Um, as for, you know, Brew McCoy, I mean, I think there's some I's dot that, that, that have to be dotted and some T's that have to be crossed to potentially get him in here. He'd be the only one. Okay. Um, all of all recruiting, Rob, an update on 23 hoops targets in recruiting. Anything going on there? Uh, you're going to have maybe some guys on campus here in, in the next month or so. But I don't – I mean, they're just not deep on anybody. Um, there's the kid at, at Lebanon who – golly, name, name is escaping me. That's, that's a guy that they are, are certainly after. Um, there's the two kids in Texas that Rod Clark – we packed the war room in December. Rod Clark went down and, and offered both of those guys. Um, Feels like this DJ going to be more transfer. I just, I mean, what'd you say, Harper? It feels like it's going to be more transfer oriented, maybe international guys later on. No, that's 20. That's 22. I know, that's, but I, mean, I don't think 23. No, they're, they're working hard to get, to get in on some high school guys, but I, I'm just going to be really interested to see what, what they do in the spring as far as who who gets the most attention. I mean, they really haven't had a guy. You know, not not that 
it's not the same in basketball. I mean, you don't have a ton of unofficial visitors during the season because it's tough for kids to get here with, with when their games are versus when college the college games are. But um, for Tennessee, I mean, Layden Blocker is, is a kid that, you know, Rod Clark has some ties to um, from out in Wichita, Kansas. Um, I'm golly, Kanan Carlisle is a guy that they thought they had a shot at, and he had, he just committed to um to Stanford. That's one. Um, Rob, is it concerning? Is it concerning that they're not deep into any? I mean, because you've talked about this for for several years about you know you start recruiting those these kids so early. Um, is is it worrisome or concerning in terms of big name guys that Tennessee's not deep? With some some big name guys in the twenty three class at this point, I think it's too too early to say concerning. I want to see what they do again. Who who are they serious about seeing in the spring in that first evaluation period? Who do they really you know bird dog? Who's who is Rick Barnes going to watch? Because you know the the assistants do a lot of legwork, but when 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 coach starts showing up courtside at, at a Nike event, that's when you know Tennessee is really serious about a kid. And right now, I can't. I just can't pull five names out and say this is these are five guys I, I can promise you Rick Barnes is going to see in in April. All right, let's go to Hunter eighty four oh nine. Can you guys briefly explain what's going on with Nayer? I read where he was committed to Tennessee, but the boards keep talking about him visiting Ole Miss and Kiffin is pushing to get him. Is he an actually committed recruit, or is recruitment still going on? Until they show up or sign Austin, recruitment is always still going on. I mean. I mean, kids that are committed all over the country are still taking visits and still talking to other schools. That's just how that's how it's worked for a hundred years. Um, you know, and, I, that's kind of where we're at. You know, it, it does. It's just Ole Miss is out. It's either going to be Tennessee or Texas. Um, you know, he still had good dialogue with Tennessee uh, on uh, Wednesday. Um, you know, and and even Tennessee players on Wednesday. So. You know, to me, that's a, a solid sign for the balls, and so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, what people need to understand about the transfer portal is that's a second recruitment. I mean, it's five official visits available. Kids are taking official visits, and uh, there is no signing date for them. They just they go to school somewhere, and um, that's just you know those things are going to be treated just like a regular recruitment. So uh, a lot of guys, you know, you get a guy who's committed somewhere, and and he takes other visits. That's just part of it. Um, next question, how does the distribution of the NIL funds work? Say Spire raises $10 million. Who decides controls how that money is allocated to players? And is it permissible for organizations such as Spire to enact campaigns to attract individual players? Could Spire start a campaign raising funds specifically for recruits such as Nico to play at Tennessee? Um, that would be inducement. And so, no. Um, now, Nico is different because he, he, he's in a state where he can make money now. So, like, he could sign with Aspire or someone like that um, that would handle his marketing. And, you know, he can make money through marketing. Um, so, <clears throat> as far as, like, how it's allocated, just some questions are better left unanswered. I'm not – I mean, that's that's done however. I guess that's done. I mean, uh, you know, at this point. So, um, what what's Billy High's role going to be within the program? I think we talked about this. He's going to have all. He's going to have a. Well, I mean, he'll be a part of the scouting team, but he'll 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 be a big part of what they're doing with the transfer portal. 
All right. Next question. If a portal, if a player goes in the portal in January, February, doesn't transfer until May, are they permitted to work out at the team facility? It seems like it would be detrimental to players to be in charge of their own strength and conditioning. Um, I mean, that's, that's up to the individual school. I, I, I'm assuming, right. Austin, if, if a guy's, if a guy goes, let's say the kid at Vanderbilt, the, the offensive lineman's in the portal, he's not going to make a decision in May. He's going to remain at Vanderbilt. That's up to a coach if he wants him to go through spring practice, I, I would assume, uh, or, or let him let him be around and, and go through the, you know, the strength and conditioning program and the off-season program. Most cases, I would think that, you know, I don't know. I mean, that would be up to a coach's decision, up to the kid decision as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it behooves said school – to let the kid work out. I don't think anybody's going to stop that because, I mean, it's not like he's going through practice. If he's not if he's not going through practice, he's not sitting in on practice, not sitting in on meetings. He's just literally working out. Uh, I think most schools are going to let that happen because you never know. A kid may decide to want to stick around. Yep, it's true. You can always be re-recruiting him. All right, Rob, which coaches attended Hoop Hall last weekend? Any insight as to who they watched? Uh, Rod Clark was there, but as, as far as kids, specific kids that they watched, I, I really don't know. All right, um, Austin I mean, on football. There, were, there were ton of, tons of guys there. Tons. Yeah, it was a loaded. It was a loaded deal. Um, at, at, in, in terms of the number of prospects there, both in the twenty three and the twenty four class. Um, hey, Austin on football. Can you elaborate on how we got well into January before our guys entered the portal, which was bad for them, and are they still? Pre- prohibited from taking more transfers at this point because there's not enough numbers left had we known we had to have known that the total of 85 in which we were working with and could have ensured more moved on right after the bowl game which would have helped Tennessee well I mean you want the you know obviously there are some guys that you know that have been rumored to be headed to the portal for a while and so you know you you can't just you can't say you got to get in, you know, because technically kids are, you know, that scholarship hubs is good through May. I mean, like kids don't have to get in, you know, you can encourage it and tell them what's best for them. If they want to see the field is to find a new school. But I mean, you know, you don't have to do it. If you're a kid, you don't have to do anything in, until May. So, um, you know, it is just kind of is what it is on timing, but as far as, you know, kind of right now. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of one for one, like, you know, Tennessee can't, you know, either you're either you're taking less off of the sacrifice to the NCAA or you are, you know, getting rid of someone to bring in someone at this point. Yeah. Or telling someone they can't come until a later date, which is really hard with school starting yes. on Monday. It's that's I mean, I don't think you're going to call a kid on Sunday and say, hey, don't drive up here. Can't go to class on Monday. We're going to defer you and, and tell you you can't come in as a midterm signee until until June. That doesn't doesn't work very well. I think the thing people need to understand about the portal is, I mean, the kid has to voluntarily withdraw from school. I mean, they have to go, they have to decide to go through that process. And, um, you know, some of those kids, I mean, school's closed over the winter holiday. Kids want to go through the bowl. Guys are making decisions, talking to their families over the holidays. And, and so that's, that's kind of how that goes. That's why you've seen a ton of more guys enter the portal in January. Now, some entered in December and elected not to go through bowl practice, which is their right as well. But it, it's all on the kid to, to do that. The coach can't go, hey, you can't come back uh, unless he's done some kind of violation of, of team rules or something like that. But you, you can't, as a coach, go, you have to enter the transfer portal. That's, that's not how 
that's not how it works at that point from a timing standpoint. Um, ben McKee was talking about this on his radio show and would love your thoughts. If you have a billion dollars to donate to UT football, with your primary objective being winning, are you donating it to Spire for NIL or the university? No combination. you got to pick one. Spire. That's easy. Jimmy's and Joe's are way more important than, than, than facilities. Rob? Well, I completely agree. Not even, not even thinking about it for two seconds. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the direction things are going for sure. iHeart Vols wants to know someone posted an article on the GQ a few day, few days ago that implied that UT's facilities have fallen out of the top tier in college football. Assuming that's true, how do you think NIL will affect the athletic department budget in regards to donations, future facility upgrades, since some donors may opt to give to NIL rather than the university, especially with all the recruiting success A&M has had this past cycle. Also, in the age of NIL, do you think the facility's arms race will fade away? Well, what he's referencing is the 24-7 uh, poll from the Army game or the uh, one of the All-Star games. I mean, Tennessee didn't have anybody. So, I mean, like, they didn't have anybody to vote for Tennessee. Like, you know, that that's – they were – you know, that's kind of where that's at. Um, you know, just different clientele of kid that they were recruiting this past year as far as, like, kids in those games. So, um, you know, I think Tessie's, you know, they're not the, the top of the top, no, but they're not the bottom of the bottom. So, you know, I, I do think that, again, what's important to kids five years ago and what's important to kids now are different things. Kids now, they, <laughs> they, they want to get the NIL deal, man. They don't, they don't care about the slide at Clemson or any of that stuff. Like, they want, you know – they, they, they want, you know, to make the money. Yeah, I think it's an interesting direction that things are going. And, and, and one of the challenges for Tennessee is, Rob, they're obviously in the, in the middle of trying to renovate a 100-year-old football stadium, uh, which requires a lot of money, which is a challenge. They've got a baseball stadium that is behind. Uh, basketball's, you know, they don't have some of the luxury suites. But for, for the general fans sitting in, in a seat, that's not a bad seat. Um, but – how do you, how do you, you know, how are you going to be able to get that money? I mean, it's, it's going to be different because you are, if you're the athletic department, you are battling for dollars now with, with, with some, somebody different um, with, with the different animal with, with the NIL stuff out there, uh, which will make it, I think, challenging on, on the facilities front. I mean, baseball needs facilities. We talked about this in the war room. They're, they're going to, they're, you know, they want to build a, a multi-use building uh, out behind the outfield wall um which similar to a building like mississippi state built and um you know there's a lot of that going on they have to upgrade that facility but nil money there can dramatically change a baseball roster rob when you're talking about partial scholarships you can make guys on full rides in a hurry with some nil money um it's a different challenge it's a different world that athletic directors are in now who by the way many of their resumes are etched by the fact of they built this or they built that that, that's kind of their calling card is the facility stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm, like AP said, I mean, I think that's going to go on the back burner. I mean, I think it's – I mean, it's not going to be unimportant to have a nice football stadium, to have amenities, but, I mean, it's – if you can improve the talent on your baseball roster, your football roster, uh, you know, through, do, through donations and NIL, I think that's a lot more appealing to fans than, you know, having a really spiffy concourse. Well, and two, I mean, Austin, if you got a guy who's, you know, lives on the other side of the state, who's given donations for season tickets, uh, but he's only making it to a couple of games a year, would, would, would that guy rather his donation go to 
you know, to getting players so the team that he watches on TV looks better when he's only going to be in the stadium once or maybe twice a year uh, for a while, particularly while he's, you know, his kids are young and playing Saturday morning soccer games or football games or, or, or whatever that prevents him from getting to Knoxville on a regular basis. That That's right. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, the, the, the turnip's going to get bled dry from some angle. And so it's one of those, you know, situations where you've got, you know, Tennessee wanting to do what's best for facilities and this and that and for their programs. But then they also got to try to keep up, even though it, they're not technically a part of NIL, you know, um, it's all coming from the same areas. So it, it's, it's, it's a slippery slope where you want to try to, you know, stay up to date, but you also want to be able to have, you know, money putting that NIL, you know, hopper to be able to, you know, go and uh, take care of the guys on your own uh, roster. Jay Dilly Dilly has uh, said, can we get an interview with Billy Hyde to discuss his role with Tennessee and the future plans and support staff? You know, we'll see. I mean, he's not the general manager of Tennessee football. He's going to be in personnel, but he's not going to be in charge of of all that. I don't think that's going to be his title at Tennessee. However, he goes on to ask or, or say more and more universities seem to be following the Alabama model and hiring large support staff seems to attract better on-field coaching as well as quality as well due to quality of life. Wondering what UT's current state and vision is here. Um, you know, I think Alabama's attractive because they're winning and, and guys have gone through there and, and, and got on to, to other jobs quickly. Um, you know, whether it's a former coach or whatever, the, the, the fact of the matter is the arms race is about the Jimmy's and Joe's um, and, and it's about having enough people to get the Jimmy's and Joe's because the building doesn't get the Jimmy's and Joe's as much, right? Austin, I mean, you, you got to have, you got to have as many eyes as you can on evaluation of guys uh, at younger ages and, and, and the things you have to do from player development off the field and all of those things. That's why you see Kirby smart with a huge staff and, and other places. I mean, you heard Billy Napier talk about it at his press conference. Josh Heupel has made it clear. I think to, to Danny white, he needs more people. That's why he's not replacing somebody with Billy high. Right. I mean, he just, they created a position for him there. That's right. I mean, again, it, it's, it's about having as many creative people as you can have as many uh, backroom people, scout people. I mean, you want to have as many people as you can have, you know, uh, like, like pictures, it's, you know, I mean, like having as many creative people to do videos and pictures now that, you know, schools can do commitment videos, this, that, I mean, that's going to become way more, the norm. And so I think that, you know, it's really an arms race to see who can hire, you know, an adequate amount of creatives, an adequate amount of scouts, an adequate amount of people that can help an NIL and adequate or not NIL uh, uh, transfer portal, um, you know, so on and so forth. I mean, I, I do think that it's, it's a bit of an arms race to, to you know, build kind of your, you know, support staff. Yep. Reality is cost of doing business in college football is not getting any cheaper anytime soon and is going up on all fronts. Balls MD wants to know, Rob, can you offer any insight into how the SEC makes its basketball schedule? Having to play three of the top teams on the road at the beginning of our schedule, playing Kentucky there on Saturday afternoon versus our home game with them on a Tuesday night at 9 p.m. doesn't seem uh, to, to balance out. Is there some system that is used or is it just arbitrary? How does that how does that schedule get done? To my knowledge, it's arbitrary. I mean, I asked I asked Coach Barnes this before the season started, but I looked and saw exactly what the guy's asking about going 
to Alabama, to LSU, to Kentucky in the first five games. And at the time, you know, Rick didn't have Rick, Rick didn't have an opinion or, or offer any insight into how, you know, what, what form, formula was used to come up with that. But I, I certainly noticed it and didn't think that Tennessee got any breaks. Yeah, they certainly didn't. All right. Uh, Anthron, our Anthron has multiple questions here. Uh, Austin, what do you think the running back rotation will be for next season? Oh, we'll go Jabari Small. And then after that, I just don't know. I mean, I said the other night in the chat, I would, until I see Justin Williams and, and you know, I'm, I'm going to go Jalen Wright as the two. What less talked about recruit for the 23 class do you think we should be paying more attention to? For the 23 class? I don't, hmm. I don't, I don't have anybody there at this point. I mean, I, I think, I think you're, you're still going to see a bunch of names jump up there. I mean, I'm assuming he means – the next signing class, not guys who are signing and getting here right now, uh, or who signed in December. I, I don't, I don't know an answer to that one in 23 in terms of l- less talked about um, at this stage of the game. I, I think. How do you define less talked about? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, coaches are traveling the country, going into schools, further evaluating guys is what they're doing at, at this particular point. Um, so that that board's going to change dramatically, and who's. Somebody who's talked about now may completely fall off the radar and somebody you've never heard of may be the, the top of the radar come June or, or end of spring. Uh, do you think there are any players currently in the portal from other schools that just show up for the spring semester? I don't think there is. I, I, don't, I don't think I, I don't, at this point. It would only be Brew McCoy if there's anybody. Yeah, I mean, there's been some other guys that I think Tennessee – had some interest in if they were have gone into the portal, but I'm not sure those guys are going to go into the portal. Uh, who do you think will have a bigger impact, Josephs, West, or Pierce? You're high on Pierce, right, AP? Long term, I'll go Pierce. Um, in the short term, I don't, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I think it's a lot to ask any kid to play as a freshman, especially on the defensive line. You know, just because that's such a, a you got to you know mature. Now, I do think it's a little easier for Joseph's or Pierce, if they, you know, um, to be able to do it just because you're just kind of, you know, see ball, hit ball, you know, go go chase the quarterback. Um, but I guess it depends on how they're asking them to play and what they're asking them to do. And, Rob, do you think Zakai Ziegler could have the same type of impact on the program long-term that a guy like Admiral Schofield or Grant Williams had considered and appears that due to his height, he's going to be here multiple years. He's not an early, he's not an early out guy. I mean, I don't want to compare him to either one of those other two guys, but I think he's definitely going to be a four-year player. I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that by the time he's a junior or senior is going to be one of the top guards in the league, kind of kid that other the fans of other schools absolutely hate. And um, just the probably the undisputed leader on his team. He's off to a nice start. That 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 is for sure, and, and you need – Clearly, you need a vocal, you need a vocal leader, and, and we'll see if he can grow and 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 move in into that role. He's still going to have growing pains along the way, no question. Uh, but he has been a pleasant surprise for Tennessee for sure. Uh, volunteered eighty seven. AP, if the following guys, these are your favorite questions. AP, if the following guys want to commit today, do, do you think they would be takes? Trevor Duncan, Tyler Jeffries, Max Carroll. Trevor Duncan, yes. The other ones, no. Could, hey, you, could you put a percentage on that? Are we? Are, that's not a no. That's not a wink. 
Uh, could you project a final two or three teams for Darius Redmond and Devin Hyatt based off conversations, unofficial visits, et cetera? Pro project what now? Could you project a final two or three teams for Redmond and Devin? No, Hyatt? it's way too early to project final two or three teams. All right, is Tennessee going to be in it for the, either one of those guys? I mean, I, I think a lot of it with, with Devin Hyatt will depend on, you know, how Jalen does this next year. You know, I mean, if Jalen's making plays and scoring touchdowns, it makes it a little easier, you know, for Tennessee to be in play with Devin. If he's not, then Jalen probably ain't going to be here and Devin probably ain't coming. Uh, Darius Redmond, I mean, he's down on the list for Tennessee. I mean, I mean he had a terrible sophomore year and, and an okay junior year. Like, there's nothing – again, he got a bunch of offers as a freshman. And I like Adarius, okay? I think he's a talented kid. But he got a bunch of offers as a freshman off potential – and since then, hasn't his play hasn't matched up with Georgia, LSU, Tennessee, all the offers that he got. Rob, based off the scrimmages you see, does uh, Tamba look like he's an SEC post, or do Folky, Olivier, and Euros have their way with him on the practice floor? Not asking if we should write him off after a few practices, but just curious if we should expect meaningful minutes from here, for meaningful minutes in uh, the next couple of years for him, or if his body and game have longer to go before he can contribute. He's got a ways to go. Not so much in his body. He's a lot thicker and stronger than I would have thought. But, I mean, if he doesn't get there, it's not going to be about effort. I mean, he – I mean, the coaches absolutely love him. I mean, talk about a kid that absolutely – I mean, would run through a brick wall, works incredibly hard, great teammate, just – I mean, I can't say enough about the kid from a character standpoint. I hope he makes it. He's not, I don't think he's going to be ready next year. If he is, it's going to be very limited. But um, I, do, I do think there's potential there. All right, last question. Do you think there are any former players that have the possibility of getting their numbers retired soon? I would think that players like Al Wilson and Eric Berry would be candidates, but I didn't know if they checked off all the criteria that UT has to retire a number. The answer to that is they don't meet the criteria um, at this point. I don't think he, you know, I know Al Wilson doesn't. I don't think Eric Berry is going to meet the criteria to have his number retired at Tennessee. I don't think there's anybody um, at this point close to doing that on the football side basketball wise rob i mean chris lofton doesn't meet the criteria right nope he does not so uh i don't think there's anybody in the hopper either way now you got a new administration in and that criteria could always be rewritten but based on the criteria the way it is now um i don't think there's anybody in line um you know to potentially have their number retired uh anytime soon at the University of Tennessee. All right, we got Tennessee basketball coming up on Saturday. The Volunteers hosting LSU Saturday night in a challenging game for Tennessee. Um, Rob, this is an interesting matchup. If LSU doesn't have Pinson, I know you got more on the matchup coming up, but if LSU doesn't have Pinson, that helps Tennessee. Athletically, though, this is a challenging matchup for Tennessee when, when you look at, at where LSU is at, although Tennessee is back home. Yeah, and they need Josiah. Josiah's going to need to play. We'll see. I mean, I'm, I haven't – you know, they don't, we're recording this on Wednesday. They don't, they don't practice the day after a game. So Rick Barnes isn't addressing James's status with anybody today. Um, or looked at me like, and, and Rick didn't know last night or after the Vanderbilt game, but it appeared to me that concussion protocol was, was what was going on there. I mean, since he did not return to the game and obviously wasn't limping or didn't appear to have any problem, you know, ankle leg issues like that. So we will see, but that, that's, they're going to need him. Big yep. time, and I and I can't say enough about what Euros got done last night. I mean, I'm not not for our sales. Vandy's not great. 
but big game from that kid. Big game. Yep, a couple big time shots, a couple of nice moves in the post with him for, for that turnaround hook. It wasn't. It was it was a good bit of offensive rebounds, but it wasn't all offensive rebounds for him on the offensive production standpoint. So full coverage of Tennessee and LSU coming up, and in Austin we've got full coverage coming up. Tennessee Junior Day uh, coming up on Saturday as well. We'll have more names in the war room, a little better list, kind of where that thing is, you know, pointed to. Um, it's always subject to change, but we'll have a little more of that in the war room coming up uh, tomorrow, and then full coverage of that. An important day for Tennessee. Just to get just to get around guys, you know, we it's been a few years since you kind of had the normal junior days, and here's Tennessee with their first normal junior day. So it's a big opportunity for Tennessee and his coaching staff. We look forward to it, Hubs. We look forward to a normal junior day. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had those. So we got full coverage of that coming up. Other recruiting things coming up throughout the weekend as well. That's going to do it for this edition of the VolQuest.com mailbag podcast presented by Smoky Mountain Organics. For Austin Price and Rob Lewis, Umber and Hubs, thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest. Quest.